I bring a message from London, England. Holy shoot. International talker of violence. Holy shoot, gentlemen. And all around six sons of bitches. Holy shoot, watching on the G1. And on your listenership. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to <laughs> another edition of the Holy Shoot Podcast, a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling. I'm your host, Broderick, and joining me today is the Shingo to my Will Ospreay. Sam. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? I I feel like I am at the very least the Tanahashi to your Okada. Come on, mate. Like, give me give me some respect. Although I suppose Shingo's undefeated. So I'll take I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, he's not undefeated. Will Ospreay beat him. He uh, he has one defeat and 97 victories. I think that's a pretty good ratio. He doesn't have a championship. He doesn't have a championship. That's he that's did. true. He doesn't have the battle of the Super Juniors trophy. Neither of these things. No, yeah. that's that's true. Yeah, yeah, suck it. Yeah, all right. I'll look. I'll I'll, I'll try and <laughs> I'll try and do better next time. I I guess. Hey, look. Um, I much rather be Okada as well. I mean, like, come on, like that Rainmaker entrance is far superior to that hair. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Tanahashi's hair is a bit. Mm. Yeah. Um, Okada can move these days, you know. Tanahashi. He can. Mm. <laughs> he's a bit. He's a bit shot. A bit, a bit screwed up, Tanahashi. He needs a rest. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, I think. Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. So, uh, what have you been up to the past week? Uh, not very much in this past week. Um, I'm uh, boring life stuff. Trying to find a new job, that kind of thing. So, not well, much to... time for wrestling. Yep, same here. I said trying to find a new place. So. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. That's also an extremely tedious and time-consuming thing. When you're picking a house, you don't want to get it wrong either, because you don't want to end up living in a shithole. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm just looking for the cheapest place possible. To be honest, I'm I'm uh, I'm Scottish when it comes to that. Oh, uh, so you you may well end up in a shithole then. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, life goes downhill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just like this pod um so yeah that's wow life admin we're not really very talkative not oh, very not, rock and roll today uh, unfortunately no, like the sorry most rock, everyone uh, the most actually i uh won 60 quid in a casino the other day that was all right and uh that's pretty rock and roll yeah not really i mean uh, 600 would be rock and roll 60s a bit. oh yeah true i mean going to a casino it, it was that inspired by watching double or nothing or did it have nothing to do with wrestling at all nothing to do with wrestling at all i, I thought that I, I was in the neighborhood and i had a free chip because i'm a member so i'm like huh i might as well just gamble and paid off for once <laughs> so yeah yeah really and uh spent that on a papa john's whilst watching chernobyl feels very very wrong Oh yeah, <laughs> fair enough. I mean, that's a, that's a good. It's, wait, hang on. Just wind that back a second. I've just caught up. You spent sixty quid on a Papa John's. No, 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 no. I spent a tiny bit of Papa John's. Oh, okay, okay. Because I like that pizza must have had like an inch of toppings on it to be a sixty quid pizza. I'd expect more than one inch of toppings. Uh, I'm sure there's some innuendo joke here, but. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to avoid that. I was just like, oh, wait, maybe this will come across wrong. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. now everyone's thinking it anyway. Yeah. Anyway, 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 before this pizza chat gets too deep, mm. innuendo, uh, coming up on today's show, we are just going to be having a general chat, really, on the uh, Battle of the Super Juniors final, Moxie's debut in New Japan, and then a full-blown chat about New Japan's uh, Dominion show. 
the true super showdown of the weekend. Yeah. So, our New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Special starts right after this really short ad, and we mean really short. Oh, you didn't didn't go for the swear there. No, and we're still recording, so... Oh, okay. So, what a weekend of wrestling it's been for New Japan, and would you say that New Japan is back in business after losing the Elite, Sam? I think they are. Yeah, I think you're right that they maybe they did have a bit of a weird period after the elite all suddenly up and left. But apart from the tag division, they I think they're back up to speed now, which is good. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that sentiment. I mean, they took the title off Jay White, thank God. Uh, I'm joking. I don't mind yeah. Jay White too much, but uh, needs a bit more time, I think. But mm. yeah, I think they've um, uh, I think they've got everything in order. It's, it's kind of reminds me how they lost like Nakamura Styles and. Gallows and Anderson ages ago uh, around the same period it's the same thing with the elite they they coped with that and they'll cope with this and I think they proved it with the moxie signing so let's yeah, briefly exactly. touch, let's briefly touch upon that actually um we haven't what uh spoiler alert, we haven't watched the entire battle of super juniors final show but we have seen the last two matches and one of the which was the debut of John Moxie in New Japan as he defeated Juice Robinson to become the IGWP United States Champion. Thoughts? I thought this was a very good match. I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting Moxley to win, but it 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 doesn't it it doesn't not make sense for him not to have won. Oh, hang on, let me think about this sentence before I say it. it. It's not like a nonsense win, basically, for him to have the belt. That's what I was it, trying to say. Yeah. Uh... I mean, I was a bit shocked as I woke up and I saw the news. I was like, oh, well, it looks like I've got to check out that match. I've completely forgot it was on. And I was like, oh, I've got to check this out. And, uh, yeah, I was blown away by the violence of that match. Like, just the biting and the, the entrance through the crowd. Not like Shield style, just like a madman just rocking up and like, oh, I'm going to fight you now. Loved all that. I loved, like, the elevated DDT finisher, the Death Rider. Oh, I yeah, the implant DDT, DDT thing, yeah. yeah. I really like that. And I thought Juice's selling was absolutely great as well. Let's not take anything away from Juice. He cut his hair, though. Oh, I know. I, I, I was shocked that he cut his hair to the point where I, I watched this match live on the sly. Well, not really on the sly because I was on my lunch break, but I watched it on my, my at my desk at work. And when Juice came out with his haircut, I did say, he cut his hair out loud. And people in my office were like, what are you watching? I had to explain, like, oh, this guy kind of looks like a dirty hippie normally, but he's he's cut all his dreads off. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's like a more serious time for Juice Robinson? I think, yeah, getting more serious, definitely. What's interesting is, um, I think they said this on commentary, when he left NXT, he went straight into the Young Lion system instead of yeah. going into the main roster. And when you, when you go into the Young Lion system, they make you shave your head, because in Japan, shaving yeah. your head is like a sign of showing submission or like um, showing you're apologising or whatever, or shame. Uh, and so Juice offered to shave his head, but the New Japan guys then said, no, definitely do not shave your hair because that's what gives you you know your your unique look so it's 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 interesting that they've decided to go with yeah cutting his hair off now yeah maybe he wanted to pay back his respect should we touch on the dominion opener and his g1 entry or should we cover that later 
Um, I, I mean, we can talk about it now. Why not? Yeah, I thought, let's talk about it now. I just we'll go through everything that that Moxley did. I think he's he's doing great in in New Japan in general. Him uh, having a match with Shota Umino was a really good idea. I think. Yeah, yeah um, I really I really loved how it started with Umino doing that. Uh, oh God, that. Uh, but that diving move, I can't think right yeah, now. Yeah, it it was a front flippy divey move. I can yeah. never remember what the names of all the different flips are, except the moonsault. Yeah, um, let, let, let's just call it a moonsault. If you don't yeah. remember, it, let's call it a moonsault. It definitely sure. wasn't a moonsault, but it's a moonsault. No, it it, it was a forward facing moonsault. No, either way, yeah, I thought that a was sunsault. Cool. Yeah, a sunsault. There we go. <laughs> um, I, I thought that looked cool, and then Moxley just looked like an absolute beast beating the crap out of yeah. Umino in the match as well. I like uh, one thing I picked up on. He's used the STF twice. It's kind of interesting that he's used that because that's one of John Cena's finishes. Oh yeah, interesting. I mean, maybe, I guess maybe it's a little bit of a kind of thumbing their nose to the WWE. I don't know. Yeah, but either way, I like this new Moxley. I like in Death Rider. It kind of yeah. It kind of sounds like uh, this is just fantasy booking, but I kind of want to see him as leader of the Bullet Club. I do you know what? I could definitely see that one kind of coming. Yeah. I could see Jay White's little emporium collapsing around him. Ghetto yeah. turns on him, and then yeah, yeah, and then and then Moxley ends up leader of the Bullet Club. I could definitely see some Moxley Bullet Club shenanigans coming up in the G One at the very yeah. least. I mean, it just makes sense, like with the bars bar type of videos and stuff that he's done yeah. like it's very he can suit the bullet club gimmick very well if it weren't for the fact he's go, going to aew i'd probably think oh that definitely could happen but yeah for sure but yeah um did you see the um the post-match video yeah his g1 thing and <laughs> poor <Uber> and I. <laughs> He, so for those of you that didn't see, um, normally in New Japan, for, for those of you that don't know, after the match, because uh, it's presented a bit more like a kind of sporting competition than a weird, violent soap opera. And I'm not trying to put WWE or any other wrestling promotion down when I say that. I don't think anyone would disagree that it's a kind of violent soap. Um, so anyway, in New Japan, after the match, you go backstage and you have a little interview where you talk about you know the match and you say what's going to happen in the future. Most wrestlers use it to do a little promo. They normally interview the uh the comp- the two competitors in the match separately but in this case moxley just drags umino in front of the camera <laughs> umino looks absolutely wrecked he's got his eyes rolled back in his head he, he just looks like a complete zombie and uh, john moxley's there saying come on we're going to go out drinking can you drive you need to drive me to Rapongi. let's go out and drink lots of sake this, i think he even refers to shota umino as my young lion now so, <laughs> Looking forward to uh, that. That that's going to be his undercard tag partner for the uh, for the G1 tour. Uh, it shows how poten- much potential Moxie has outside of WWE in the sense that that is the most viewed YouTube video in New Japan's English channel. Uh, yeah, it is by a long over, way. Uh, over the Bullet Club split video, which uh, says a lot really about how big Moxie is as a signer for New Japan, and it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they keep Jericho and Moxie on board, things are going to look bright for New Japan. Yeah, for sure. So, we said we touched on Dominion later, but can't help to like not discuss these shows at the same time as they're kind of intertwined. So, let's talk about the highest rated match of the year first at Battle of Super Juniors, which is the final between Will Ospreay and Shingo. Of course, the Brit won. Um, 
Yeah, what do you think of Will Ospreay's win? Oi, this match was fucking ridiculous. It was it, just like crazy wrestling boys doing uh, maximum wrestling. I can't even think of a way to put how insane this match was into words. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kind of... Uh, I... See, I'm in two minds, okay? I don't think it's the best match of the year, which Meltzer has rated the best match of the year by giving it five three five and three quarter stars is what he gave it, which is, you know, fair. Like, he's broke his own system. Yeah, he always uh, does. Yeah, yeah, he's done it for NXT now. I mean, the world is screwed as we know it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, I think this is a great match, don't get me wrong. But with Will Ospreay... He's a phenomenal talent, phenomenal wrestler. I really, I really, really rate him highly. Top 10 wrestler in the world, without a doubt. But how much is too much? And what I mean by that is, could he do less and tell the same story? Yeah, so I was going to kind of um, touch on that a little bit as well. Because uh, I, I, I think uh, later on we're going to be talking about the Naito versus Ibushi match, which I think a lot yeah. of people criticise for... I think both of those guys, but particularly Ibushi, comes in for a lot of criticism for being quite dangerous in the ring and for taking a lot of risks. But what's interesting is if you watch a Will Ospreay match, Will Ospreay and his opponents take way more risks than Ibushi in every single match. It's just Will Ospreay seems to fuck up less, basically, so he gets criticised for it less. But it's only a matter of time. Well, um, he did did, did bust the back of his head open in a horrific spot. Uh, was it earlier this year or last year? It was taking a oh, yeah. bump off the apron. And I remember that. And I was just like, oh. And the, yeah. thing, the thing with guys like Osprey and Ibushi, it's like, it's all great doing it now, but one day you're going to end up in a wheelchair. And that's yeah. what I fear, because I don't want that for any wrestler. Uh, you know, uh, he's a, a talented lad, and he can get away with doing much less, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I actually thought him debuting the Stormbreaker when he became the Never Champion at Wrestle yep. Kingdom and, and that kind of thing, I thought that that was kind of the beginning of Will Ospreay sort of not... Slowing down is not necessarily the no. right word, but maybe being more careful. Uh, again, that doesn't feel right, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah less ridiculous in the ring. Um, and unfortunately, this match showed that no, he's he's definitely still Will Ospreay. Because even his match with Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom was quite. People expected those two guys to kill each other in that match, and they didn't, basically. Yeah, but I think they told a better story. I thought that yeah. match. I thought that match would better myself, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, as I said, I really like this match. It's, it's actually the first time I watched Shingo properly. Because I heard a lot of great things about him, so I actually really enjoyed watching him, and I really enjoyed what these two guys did. Uh, as part from the use of... I know it's a New Japan thing to counter everyone's finisher multiple times, and it's, it's one oh, of the yeah. things I don't like too much about New Japan, but I think if he went for the Ozcutter less, because that's, that's the first thing I remember, is just Ozcutter, Ozcutter failed, Ozcutter failed. And probably not as bad as that, but it's just like, yeah, I wish he used that that move less. You know, I mean, I I I would agree. I actually don't think the Oz Cutter looks that great as a move either. It, it's kind of like the lethal injection, that that weird kind of handspring elbow that Jay Lethal does. Oh, in yeah. that the setup's really kind of convoluted and long, and for it to work, your opponent has to do a lot of standing around while you flip off the ropes and stuff. So yeah. it it can often look a bit weird if they're not perfectly fluid going into it. 
Yeah. yeah. I think Stormbreaker is a much better finisher, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Stormbreaker too. I've, uh, either way, we're, we're, we're clutching the straws here. This match is still yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. One yeah. of the best. We're criticizing it because that, you know, otherwise, what is it going to be five, ten minutes of us going, well, this match was so good, man. Oh, yeah, it was great, which is boring to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, we just, you know, let's transition this into the dragon lee match let's let's go into dominion now sure uh so you know he wins the battle of super juniors final and then for those who didn't know he won the junior heavyweight title uh in new japan on sunday by beating dragon lee uh and what was a really good match still but one thing that really really bugged me and i just have to point this out briefly how many times does Will Ospreay have to land on his feet in a match? Oh, mate, I've got, I've Once got a note. Enough. Yeah, What's he ob- enough? We he get loves- it. You're crazy talented. We get it. You know. He loves that spot where the yeah. guy, the, his opponent, tries to hit him with a move, and he flips out of it and lands on his feet, yeah. and then his opponent celebrates like he's just decked him, and then yeah. has that that camera shot of his opponent being like, "Wait, what the hell? He landed on his feet." It's like, yeah, all right. It was cool, like the first two times you did it, Will, but let's. Like, let's not overuse that spot, please. Because it is a really cool spot. But if you do it all the time, everyone's just going to expect it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know, again, I'm clutching at straws here to criticise because I thought this was a really good match as well. Not as good as a match with Shingo, but I think it was kind of obvious that Will was going to win this match with Dragon Mm -hmm. Lee. And it would have felt the same way if Shingo was there. Um, But, yeah it takes away from Will's fantastic selling. He really sold the neck in this match. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You know, his facial reactions, it's just simple stuff like that, that they see missing in so many matches. And I think that's what could elevate Will Ospreay when he does slow down properly, uh, is the fact that he has that storytelling and selling ability, like very few wrestlers in new Japan does, in my opinion. Yeah. I think very few wrestlers globally do really. Yeah. The, the power of, of selling is, is you know, is, is good. But, um, yeah, I think that's something Will Ospreay often comes in, in for a lot of criticism that he's um, he doesn't sell or that he doesn't do storytelling or that it's just like, uh, I think I've heard people describe him as like a reject from Cirque du Soleil and things <laughs> like that, which is not really fair. I think that's no. lazy criticism. And, and in and this match showed it's also not true. You can have ridiculous athletic flips and still tell a story in the ring. Oh, yeah. And he's always been capable of that, whether that's that ridiculous match with Ricochet uh, that, uh, that really got him on first notice, or that match with Kota Ibushi, which is actually less flippy back at Wrestle Kingdom, or uh, that Fatal 4-Way previous Wrestle Kingdom as well. He's very capable of doing stuff that isn't as obviously exciting, you know? Um but yeah, this match was fantastic. Uh, he's fantastic. Yeah, a lot of uh, ridiculous high risk spots. That the dive early on where uh, Dragon oh. Lee set up Osprey on the barrier and then dived, d- dove, dived, dived yeah. out of the ring yeah. onto Osprey on the barrier and then threw into the commentary area behind oh. was ridiculous. And I felt like possibly extremely unnecessary. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, I, that was one spot where I was like, oh, you did oh, not need to do that. No. We would have been perfectly happy with just a regular dive. And even then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, a regular dive would have been fine. Like, I think the problem is, it's just like, uh, for those who don't watch New Japan, the WWE ring, 
outside it's covered by mats, you know, and then you have that soft barricade. New Japan, metal steel barricades without the padding. There is a mat. It looks slightly thinner. And not only that, it goes for a shorter length outside the ring. So when you dive, you're going to land on concrete. And that's what they do. Most of the time, yeah. Uh, which is just insane. Like, it's stupid to do that to your body. I thought that was one spot where I just went, looks good, and then you think about it, and you just go... Yeah, the other one that that pulled that reaction out of me was the um, Will Ospreay got put in, like, a tree of woe outside the turn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Dragon Lee jumped off the top rope and did a double stomp through his oh, chest to the floor. Oh I, that one looked like it hurt Dragon Lee more because he landed badly on one of his legs and then he was, like, rolling around clutching the knee afterwards. I mean, you're but, dropping, like, 10 feet. Yeah. Like, why would you... Do, let's assume you don't get any elevation. So, like, why would you do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because even without these two ridiculous matches, with ridiculous spots, this match was insane, high-octane, like, ridiculous junior heavyweight slash cruiserweight, whatever you want to call them, match. Yeah, I want Will Ospreay's cardio, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is... I mean... He's a machine. It's it's the same the amount of cardio you have to do for a simple five minute tag match where you're on the fucking apron for two and a half minutes, you know, uh, like the fact that you can go all out. Like he put out a tweet saying it's like, you know, ten matches, like four hours and forty six minutes of match time, all worth it to be where I am. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> that is yeah, a lot that's of ridiculous. Time for only ten matches. That is insane. Welcome uh, to New Japan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't watch as much New Japan as you, Sam. So for me, it's just like when I read that stuff, it's like, just have a nice 10 minute match now and again, you know? Oh, that's a short match, 10 minutes. It's, exactly. It's for a New Japan, yeah. Uh, um, uh, so the post match here was quite interesting as well. Yeah. Osprey challenges Robbie Eagles to a match at Southern Showdown in Australia. I think that one was, was pretty obvious. Eagles isn't going to win it, but he's. I think Robbie Eagles is actually pretty underrated. Or maybe not underrated, just. He's up and coming. He's going to get really big. Yeah, I've I've heard uh, good things about him. I haven't really watched much of his stuff to comment, so I'm I'm not gonna not gonna judge on uh, a wrestler that I haven't seen too often, to be honest. So yeah, um, let's keep on Dominion. Uh, what else stood out for you? Uh, other things that stood out. Oh, so notable things from earlier in the card were. Um, yeah, stuff like uh, in the uh, Jushin Thunder Liger and Yoshihashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki tag match, yep. which I thought would be throwaway. Uh, it was quite interesting. There's some fun spots with Liger getting annoyed at Yoshihashi for oh, not yeah, tagging him in. Yoshihashi in the back. <laughs> in the head, like, come on, man, let me in. Yoshihashi yeah. is like a charisma vacuum. I, I, I don't understand what anyone sees in him. Uh, he always looks like he doesn't know where he is. He comes out with a weird stick because about six years ago he had a Monkey King gimmick, but he doesn't do the Monkey King gimmick anymore. He just comes out with the prop because he's got nothing better to do. The only thing Yoshihashi has going for him is his finisher. However, in this match, he still was able to roll up and pin my boy Zack Sabre Jr., which is definitely a big upset. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have gone for this match because I think I put in my uh, notes, 
the tag team matches were crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I saw. I, 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 largely, I would agree. I think the thing with the New Japan undercard is it's not really... They're not supposed to be, like, amazing Exciting. matches. No, nah, they're, they're, like, setting up. They're, like, little previews for future singles matches and stuff. Yeah, I, 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 yeah absolutely. And uh, I, th- I don't disagree with you. I think sometimes... It- Sometimes you do get a good tag match. Like uh, I typically, I, I I usually love the Lij tag team of Evil Sonata. Um, uh, if I can briefly touch upon that, Evil Sonata versus Gorilla Destiny. What a WWE match! Oh yeah, it was very WWE, and and about the fifth time I've seen this match as well. Yeah. And Evil's, yeah, exactly. I, I swear I've seen this match, and I don't watch much New Japan. I'm like, oh, no, not these two tag teams. No, nah, that so, match, that is the New Japan heavyweight yeah, tag division at the moment, yeah, unfortunately. Usos versus Revival. That's basically what it is. Again. Don't need to see it again. Interesting you should mention that, because in the post-match, Tangmatonga yeah. called out both the Usos and the Revival uh, to come and challenge for their belts. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but... Um, that that was the post match comment. Yeah, New Japan they desperately need some tag teams. I think I, we said earlier on. Have they recovered from the elite leaving? Yeah, mostly, but not in the tag division. No, that that's very true. It's one criticism I picked up, and uh, yeah, it's it's just a shame because usually, I mean, the tag matches aren't that great on these mega shows. Obviously, no. Just because they're not the highlight of the show, and it's been one thing that Gato has not been brilliant at booking, which is tag matches. So mm-hmm. you add those two factors, you don't get, you clearly don't get good tag matches. But uh, you do usually, like one out of three usually lands, and I felt none of them really landed. I, I thought the, uh, I, th- I thought the other match, the six man tag as well. Let's briefly touch upon that before we get into the more positive stuff. Um, God. Why do you put Tanahashi and Ishimori in this match when they're clearly not healthy? Oh, yeah. So so this is the six-man tag. Yeah. Uh, Taguchi, Juice Robinson and Tanahashi versus Ishimori, Chase Owens and Jay White. Yeah, I didn't really get this one. Um, I, mean, I know they want to fuel the Jay White-Tanahashi rivalry more, but that's about it, really. Yeah, like, that's, that's all that's coming out of this match, really. And Chase Owens got to be in a match, which is yeah. good. Yeah, I, re- I really like I really like Chase Owens' performance. Uh, I was, I will say the positive about that was Chase Owens' performance and Juice Robinson being more serious after getting fucked up by Moxie. Yeah, I clearly saw the great character work in Juice Robinson there, and I think those two aspects worked in the tag match, the six man tag. The rest, nothing, nothing. Yeah, Again, it felt very WWE esque, and you expect yeah, it kind of was a bit a bit thrown together. You're right. Yeah, it's like holla holla. Teddy Long was Teddy Long but that match. A lot of those kind of multi-man tags often feel a little bit thrown together. Sometimes you can get some some you know import or exciting moments out of them, but on the whole, not really. A lot of the time, it's just an excuse to get people a payday. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. So let's talk with positives. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so we've already talked about junior heavyweight. We've already talked about Mox. Speaking of mocks, you know, we got two potential entrants to the G1, Shingo being one of them. Great uh, bout with a heavyweight with Kojima. Thought that was a great little fun match yeah. at the beginning of the card. And Kenta. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we've got three because um, in the post match after his match, Will Ospreay also uh, demanded to be entered into the G1 as well. Oh, I didn't and- see the match. 
Yeah, so I did a bit of stats stats checking on this one. If he's allowed to enter, this will be the third time the best of the Super Juniors and Junior Heavyweight Champion has entered the G1. Uh, in 2000, uh, I'm going to brutalise this pronunciation, Tatsuhito Tai... Takaiwa entered and finished bottom of his block with one victory. In 2007, Milano Collection AT entered and finished last in his block, along with two others with two victories. And in 2008, Wataru Inu entered and finished joint bottom of his block as well. So, if Will Ospreay enters the G1, can he do better and finish in the coveted second from bottom position? That's the I question. Th- I think they have big plans for him. Yeah, for sure. I think he uh, won't finish bottom if he gets entered. He'll finish second from bottom. That'll, yeah. that'll be a huge victory for junior heavyweights everywhere. It is interesting, though, speaking of junior heavyweights, him and Shingo going straight in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I think that's interesting. And yeah, I mean, Ken... Shingo being a junior heavyweight is kind of a joke because he's so much bigger than all the junior heavyweights. I know. It's just like, they're trying to tell a story, by the way, uh, to, the listener who has, to the listeners that haven't uh, seen this, of Shingo fighting a heavyweight, legendary heavyweight Kojima. Uh, and it's just like, but Shingo is just as big as Kojima. So Yeah, what's... easily as big. Yeah, so it's, and, and he's younger. So what, what's, I mean, the story worked. It was a great fun match. Don't get me wrong. Watch it. It's good fun. But doesn't quite work in the sense of realism. No, it, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they basically have the same the same body type and a lot of the same moves as well. For those of you yeah. who don't know, earlier on in, in the card, Satoshi Kojima, who's kind of like, what kind of WWE he's like a Kurt Angle kind of figure in that like he was a well-respected um multi you know champion in in the 90s and early 2000s and now he's he can still do matches but he's past his prime and so he gets wheeled out for special multi-man tags normally and then special singles like this but his finisher is the Koji Lariat which is a big massive running Lariat in the same way that Shingo's pumping bomber which it was his finisher until he debuted Last of the Dragon, uh, is just another running lariat as well. And they both like big <laughs> chops and stuff like that. So, yeah, quite similar in those two guys. It made sense to have them in that little match. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. My sort of match too. Um, just two heavyweights bashing the shit out of each other with chops and clotheslines. What's not fun about that? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, people who chop other people to death, Tomorrow Ishii won the open weight title. Yeah. Come on, hero. What was a fun match against Taichi, a wrestler who I haven't seen much of. I call him like Undertaker meets Phantom of the Opera meets bad Japanese karaoke. Yeah, uh, he kind of is. That that sums him up pretty well. Uh, I love the little story beforehand. I saw like the pre-tape and trying to figure out from Japanese subtitles, but I love this explanation. It's like Taiji believes that every- <laughs> he throws an ever openweight title at his opponents, believing that they should, if they want it, they should pick it up themselves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he- just like the belt, the belt is slightly ruined. Is quite funny. He's always dropping the belt and chucking it about Taiji. I so. When I first started watching New Japan, I hated him. Like, not in a kind of you're a heel and I hate you way, in a like, why you on this show? Yeah, 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 go away, Heat. Like, I do not care about anything you do and your intro is really annoying. Um, and, And I didn't think he was that great in the ring. But I think, yeah, this match showed he actually can go. And while he's maybe not the flashiest wrestler, he's really good at playing that dickhead character. 
Yeah, and I think what it's uh, what was really good, in my opinion, is just the fact they were quite similar in their sort of styles in this match, uh, and the way that Ushi obviously stone pitbull, tough guy, takes no shit, uh, lays down at the beginning of the match, which I thought was genius. And it's just oh yeah, really he's good. Such an intriguing character. Like I just want to see more Tom- Tomori Ishii. Uh, every time I see him, I'm just like can't get enough of that guy, and. Uh, yeah, Taishi, who's this really, like, camp flashy style, but, like, trying to... Ishii trying to make him toughen up and say, no, you'll fight me. It's quite... It's an interesting story to tell, and it really yeah. works for me. And uh, in terms of storytelling, brutality, this match was fantastic. I can't recommend this match highly enough. It, it was very, very good. I mean, Tomohiro Ishii is, like... I, I don't know if Ghetto think like really values him as much as he should. He could be like in the IWGP heavyweight championship kind of main event scene easily. It, he regularly delivers the goods on matches. While his style is essentially, I'm going to chop you really hard and do lots of body blocks, and then I'm going to do a, a sliding lariat, and that'll be that. It's still it, he still manages to make you know exciting things out of that very simple formula. Were you there for that number one contender match between Ishii and Volta at York Call? Just on a side note, it's for the Rev Pro British Heavyweight title for those who don't know. God, no, but I bet that the chops are still echoing around York Hall now. Oh my God, it was so amazing to watch live. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, wasn't, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a great card in my opinion to watch live, but that main event, which was Ishii versus Volta, the shame we'll never see that match again until Walter probably leaves. That's not a slight on WWE and this developmental system. It's, it'll just eventually happen, probably. Um, yeah, I thought that was a fun, a fun match to watch as well. So if you can find that match online, watch it, Sam. Yeah, um, I will. Yeah, I'll, so, get a, I'll get a sidetrack. I'm just about, I, I just, yeah, watching Ishii live is amazing. So one thing I I picked up on on this uh, that I was surprised didn't come into play was that um, Tai Chi's been carrying around the, you may, they may not have even talked about it on commentary, I don't know if they did, uh, Takashi Isaka, sorry, Takashi Isaka's steel glove. Takashi Isaka's an old heel from New Japan. You might have seen him in multi-man tags and stuff. He's a bald dude and he comes out with like a big face mask on well he doesn't anymore because he's retired with a face mask on and then the story of the match is usually somehow the face mask gets taken off and then he bites people but his story is that he used to be part of like a top tag yeah it's a great a great gimmick but yeah he used to be part of a top tag team and then he got possessed by this evil spirit that's in this iron hand glove and then turned on all his friends and that's what made him into the monster where he's biting people and stuff like that uh so after his retirement match which tai chi was part of tai chi picked up and kept the glove and since then he's been doing really 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 well this is the first match he's lost like major match since having the glove so i wonder if we're going to see that becoming more of a weapon that he's going to start using or whether he's going to start turning on suzuki gun i know he's already a heel so i couldn't see that happening but either way it was interesting there was a bit of the match where ishii grabbed his mic uh, to uh tai chi's mic and the glove from out of the corner held it up to tai chi who's lying on the floor and shouted yeah. you don't need these things we can just have a proper wrestling match yeah I that was interesting yeah that was really good as well that yeah that, that was a good point like i think those sorts of things really elevated the match too so um 
let's talk about the two last matches since those are the things we haven't talked about let's talk about the intercontinental championship match which is probably the the big takeaway is uh obviously naito winning but that german suplex on the apron yeah mate uh, um ibushi's head is like made of i don't know what it's made of some incredibly hard substance how what the hell like he tweeted something which couldn't really be translated to english very well so i won't bother uh reading it but he's fine he's alive yeah that's the main thing like he he hasn't done a shabbat thank god uh no so in that tweet where he posted a picture yeah. of him with a really bad black eye that black eye wasn't from the german suplex botch it was from some other botch where naito just need him in the face so yeah. actually the visible injury he has is not even from the worst botch in the match yeah it's the sakota abushi match through and through man yeah this was this was brutal uh brutal Brutal in terms of what they were actually trying to set out to do, and brutal in some of its execution. And yes, we're talking about a couple of botches here and there. Then again, I love this match. I oh, don't get me wrong. Again, like all of the Will Ospreay matches we've talked about earlier on tonight, yeah. this match was great. But also, there were some spots in it where I just thought, "Oh, that's gonna, you know, you can't do this forever, guys. It's gonna yeah. go wrong." Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think the horrible takeaway from this match is just everyone like retweeting that gif of Hibushi landing on his neck on the apron, which is just oh, so vicious. Yeah, Naito's not quite in position, and I mean, I guess with any apron move, you're risking that happening. But still, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a horrible, horrible. I think one thing this had for me, I'll just move on over the junior heavyweight title match was that brutality and that level of storytelling over mm. over the junior heavyweight title. And I think, uh, spoiler, this might be my match of the night. I haven't decided yet. Uh, I'll decide in a few minutes. This might be my match tonight purely because of the fact that. Yeah, as I said, that storytelling element, that brutality, these are Naito's own to he wants the he not only wants a win over Ibushi, he wants to destroy Ibushi. Ibushi wants to destroy Naito just because they're always trying to one up each other. Naito yeah. wants Naito wants to do a Thanos and collect all the belts, essentially. Uh which I don't think has anyone been heavyweight and intercontinental title? No, no, yeah. I don't think there have been any double crown winners or double champions in New Japan history. So that, I think that's an interesting storyline to go down with, especially if they really want to elevate Naito to that Akada position, which they've been teasing for a little while, but never fully gone through with. So, yeah, I think oh, I really like this match. I really like how it ended. Uh, I just, yeah, I love the violence. Yeah, I was surprised about Naito celebrating with the belt afterwards because obviously yeah. the, I, the the Intercontinental belt has been historically the one that he does not like. Uh, if 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 you haven't seen um, before, oh, yeah. obviously he he's won the belt, the IC belt before, but he normally sometimes he won't even bring it to the ring. He'll leave it out the back, or he takes it to the ring but he throws it on the floor, or there's like <laughs> he's tried to break it on the ring steps and stuff like that because it's not the heavyweight belt and that's the belt he cares about so it's interesting in the post-match he comes out and says uh i actually still don't really understand how much this is worth but 
uh it is the belt that i want right now this is the you know this is actually an important title to me because i want both belts now so in the g1 i'm going after ricarda if i win that i'll be able to be a double champion which i, I could see that happening yeah yeah with the amount of title changes you've had since omega could potentially happen i think I think the only downside to that actual story because i didn't hear the post match uh i think the downside is potentially the fact that it devalues the intercontinental championship because what he's trying to say is i want to i want to win both to prove that i'm the best i don't i i really just want to be world champion yeah i think that's i think that could be i think that could take away from the story or take away from the t- prestige of the intercontinental championship i really can't say intercontinental championship with this it's cult. hard to say but yeah, uh, but yeah. After all that work Shinsuke Nakamura put in making the new the IWGP Intercontinental Belt mean something, because before um, his run with the belt, it 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 wasn't again. It was kind of yeah. Was it's like the American title, the US title in WWE. Nobody really cared about it that much. Yep. But then when Nakamura held it, he elevated that belt to the point where it main evented a pay-per-view over the IWGP heavyweight match. In fact, it main evented, this is why Naito hates it so much. It main evented the match where he had his IWGP heavyweight title shot against, I think, Tanahashi, yep. uh, Nakamura versus... I can't remember who it was against, was was voted by the fans uh, as the match they wanted to be the main event above the IWGP uh, oh, match. Yeah. yeah, which is why Naito hates it so much, because it's, it's like it represents everything he's not, in yeah. a way. Or he wasn't then. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking about that Intercontinental title match between Nakamura and Styles and thinking, what could have been at WrestleMania 30? Oh, <laughs> God, what a match. If you haven't seen it and you like wrestling, if you if you watch one match from this evening's uh, podcast, make it the Nakamura versus AJ Styles match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom 10. It is one of the best matches of all time, no I doubt. Think- I then cry at Nakamura's laziness and the misuse of AJ Styles. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you watch that, you'll understand why New Japan fans are so bitter about WWE booking. Yep. And I'm not even that much of a New Japan fan. So, let, let, let's speak of, speaking of WWE and former WWE stars. Great transition there, if I may say so. Jericho, Chris Jericho, that is, was in the main event against uh, Kazuchika Okada for the World Heavyweight Championship. What are your thoughts? I, I before I say mine, what what are your thoughts? I'm curious. Uh I mean, I thought it, yeah. So before I say anything, what I would I'd like to say is Chris Jericho and Kazuchika Okada are two of the best wrestlers in the world, and they did have a very 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 good wrestling match. However, both of them are capable of better. I think that match. It, yeah, it it it, it felt like. I was expecting a barnstormer, and what I got was a good match. Do you know what I mean? So here's the thing with this main event. It started off like a typical Chris Jericho New Japan match. And what I mean by that is, from the matches I've seen of Jericho New Japan, it always starts off with a brawl on the outside, him ringing the bell, him doing the middle finger to the camera. And it's all good, but you kind of expect something different. I think... One of my other complaints, apart from the fact that it ended by roll-up, which is another thing which I just didn't like, and it's something that I have issue with this card, death by roll-up. Because um, there's two or three matches that ended that same way. 
but it's just the fact that he went for the Judas effect when he said that's a move exclusive to all elite wrestling and I'm like yeah that, that was an uh, odd one what I would say about the roll up and and this is like Okada being a mega wrestling nerd uh, the, yeah. the, I think the reason they went for that finish is because it's the same way that Okada won the first pin against Kenny Omega last year at Dominion so oh, it was yeah. like a callback to that match was like Okada is a wrestler and he will win with wrestling whereas Chris Jericho is a brawler and he's going to try and elbow you in the head and stuff and win that way yeah, I, I, yeah, I kind of agree. I think one other thing that really stood out to me is how much Jericho took control of the match. Yeah, yeah, he was he was definitely leading it for most of the most of the match. Yeah, it's surprising because you don't expect that from a Carter match, and it was very much a weird heel face dynamic, uh, like a typical heel face dynamic for an Carter match, which you don't expect. You expect more fifty fifty. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that was one thing that also stood out to me. I, I mean, I also thought this was very good. I just kind of weirdly expected better from Jericho. Mainly Chris Jericho. Yeah, I think, yeah. I felt like, well, Akada's definitely capable of, of doing more. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I also expected more of Jericho. So, th- But this match did lead to the, the, the kind of having the weird roll-up type finish. Yeah. did mean that they could do the post-match stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought the post-match stuff was great because it made Jericho look strong. Yeah. So you, you set up Jericho versus Okada too, and then Tanahashi comes in and gets involved, and that sets up a potential feud. I mean, I've wanted to see Jericho versus Tanahashi since Jericho was in New Japan. Like, Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. That, that's just probably his last big match in Japan that so, he can do. And I th- it's going to be at the Tokyo Dome 100% so for those of you that didn't watch after the match after um, Okada got the roll up on Jericho Jericho immediately pops back to his feet beats up Okada goes out the ring gets a chair beats the crap out of Okada has him at ringside in front of the commentary desk and is is beating him up and then I think Tanahashi jumps the barrier to scare Chris Jericho off. Jericho runs away, grabs the mic. He's on the mic calling out Tanahashi, saying he wants a match. He calls him Bakahashi, which apparently uh, is like uh, Japanese people love puns, basically. So that's a guaranteed way to get over in Japan is to do really bad puns. Oh, wait, um, you saying Becky Lynch would get a momentum back if she went to Oh, start if she it. went... If she went to, uh, well, yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't watch much stardom, so, um, I, yeah, I don't know if it's the same there, but definitely in in New Japan, they love puns there. Uh, and so then in the post match, Jericho's being interviewed, and he's saying, "Oh, you know, I'm Chris Jericho. I kill people. That's what I do. I won this match. Uh, you know, who who's standing up at the end? Me. Who's lying on the floor? Akada. Tanahashi tried to help. He couldn't help. I want Tanahashi. Maybe at the Tokyo Dome. Maybe that's where we'll do it." Happy so. championship, bitch. He also said, maybe I'll be in the G1 in a way which very much implied that he was not going to be in the G1. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, like, I mean, you don't know. They may not be able to afford it, but God, that must, mm-hmm. that, that's going to cost six figures and then some. If, if Even if they could afford it, do you think Chris Jericho could do an entire G1 tour? It's really, it's like I, super brutal. Yeah, I don't think he would. Uh, I, I think if he was younger, he would be up for it. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Early yeah. 2000s Chris Jericho would be great in a G1. Yeah, but, but like, he's, it, yeah. yeah. Just seeing what he's done with Kenny Omega, double or nothing in this match, I think he's starting to slow down a tiny bit. And I think that's been pretty much obvious since the Naito stuff and the way yeah, he's sure. gone about. Uh, I'm not sure why they didn't make this match no disqualification. I think that's the other thing. Like red shoes, rubbish referee. <laughs> yeah, I've got that in in my notes. I have. I don't know why they didn't make this no DQ instead of yeah. having the the whole red shoes constantly being like, uh, or the commentary having to constantly say, oh, it's you know, red shoes wants a decision. He's not going to try and stop uh, this match. Blah blah uh, blah. No, Just make it fav- no DQ. I think my favorite line is Don Callis is going, red shoes are such a pussy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Good old Don Callis. What? Why are you calling him? Uh, I mean, he, he was, but be professional, Don. Don. Yeah, be professional. You wouldn't say that on Impact, would you? It's 2019, not 1999, Don. Don. Um, he, he's a good commentator. Leave him be. Uh, see, I really don't like Don Callis. He doesn't. I, he doesn't fuck up. He, I guess he doesn't. I just think so. My the dream for me, the dream New Japan commentary booth is Kevin Kelly on. Um, play by play i think he's actually really good kevin kelly and then rocky romero as color commentator because rocky romero because he's a wrestler and he does a lot of training and stuff with new japan he's much more interesting as a color commentator because he knows all of the the backstage kind of behind the scenes stuff he's a member of chaos so you get that fun dynamic where he always talks up the chaos members that are in any match and then chris charlton chris charlton is like uh the world's biggest wrestling nerd having his dream job being on the commentary team and he is far and away the best at on the spot translations yeah, as well you see, my my dream uh new japan booth is byron saxon no, i'm joking Fuck uh, <laughs> <laughs> no i think i will say this in defense of don Callis. though without don Callis, you wouldn't have had chris jericho in new japan without chris jericho in new japan you probably wouldn't have all elite wrestling yeah that's probably fair and and probably wouldn't have john moxley in in all elite and in new japan as well yeah don don Callis basically set everything off that sort of no probably before that but you know he's a necessary evil unfortunately. yeah yeah unfortunately at the cost of his own promotion impact uh <laughs> at least yujiro takahashi wasn't on this show because like every time peter comes out i think don Callis is just gonna burst with testosterone he gets he uh, likes her a lot, and it's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, let, let, let's move on. Uh, let's move on. So, uh, let's start with the final. Th- Do you want to add anything actually before we close out this section? Uh, no, I think I think we we we, we covered everything pretty well actually. Yeah. Really stuff anyway. Yeah, I I have stuttered less than usual. I'm joking. I've probably stuttered more. I haven't made that many mo- notes. Uh, so, let's. Uh, round this up then so who's your mvp of the night oh mvp for dominion i'm gonna go with tai chi actually he surprised me a lot i think i was expecting his match to be boring and dog shit and it wasn't so yeah he impressed me a lot i i'm gonna go for something too obvious but the fact that he's re-elevated his game i'm gonna go will osprey it's just obvious just gonna go with osprey uh so that makes us uh, different on that so match of the night Ooh, that's a tough one but I think I think probably Abushi Naito it, it surprised me even though 
it was ridiculously dangerous. I knew that Dragon Lee versus Osprey was going to be a great match. Um, and I've already had Tai Chi as my MVP, so I can't really have Tai Chi versus Ishii as my match of the night as well. So, um, yeah, we'll go Abushi Naito. Surprised me in that Naito was actually caring about the IC belt, and I enjoyed the match a lot, despite the horrific botches. Yeah, I'll go Gorillas. Of- no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I am... Uh... Going, I'm going to go for Tomorrow Ishii versus Tai Chi. I thought this was a really fun match. Great character work. Great levels of brutality. Quite safe, actually, in a weird way. Yeah, it was. Compared to Naito versus Ibushi. Great choice, by the way. Just watch this fucking card. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. If you like if you like professional wrestling, you'll enjoy this card. That's what I'll say. But Ishii versus Tai Chi was a surprise standout of the night for me. Uh, great, great for the show? Uh, I'm going to go with, I think, a B plus. It was really good, basically. Yeah. I I gave Double or Nothing B plus, but I had more fun with this card. So I'm going to give this A minus. Whoa. That's a very high grade indeed. Yeah. I mean, it was a great show. Yeah, it was a great show. Like, I, I know the tag matches weren't brilliant, but you know, I, I was being hypercritical, hyper not hypocritical, um, <laughs> in terms of the tag matches i think they're still i think most of it still has some good stuff in there uh, and, uh all the all the singles matches delivered in my opinion uh yeah so, you yeah. gotta have some lulls on the card eh because otherwise when are you gonna go to the toilet or get another beer uh during taishi's entrance oh I mean, yeah I, it was quite I, long yeah <laughs> I, I i actually like skipped some of the entrances towards the end just because i needed to get on with my day uh, yeah. on sunday it's just like I managed to skip 40 minutes of a show if I avoid entrances. But anyway, uh, so yeah, A, a- minus for me. I'm the generous one for a change. B plus for Sam. Yeah, no, this is rare. Write down, make a note of this episode, holy yeah. shoot fans, because yeah. it probably won't happen again. I can't, <laughs> I am I am a nice critic. I've said nice things about this show. Yeah, like, you did. Like, you know, people just go, oh, you're miserable. And I'm like, no. I just expect better from main roster WWE. Yeah, <laughs> like, fair, fair. You watch Raw on a weekly basis, you just go, I want to die inside. Uh, I don't watch Raw. Is it because day. you haven't watched enough New Japan for it to start disappointing you yet, though? Uh, probably. Probably. So, uh, I guess the follow-up question, if you enjoyed this show, as someone who doesn't watch New Japan, is, are you going to watch the G1? Uh, Well, last year I watched a few G1 matches on and off, so... Uh, you know, some, if you if you listen to our year end review, I've mentioned a few G one matches in my match of the year candidates. So, oh I, yeah, cool. I do, I do observe. I do observe. Um, but yeah, I th- I probably won't watch all of it just because there's not enough time in the day, and you know, you don't. But, nobody has enough time to watch all of it. Yeah, like if it was shorter, that would be great. But I think, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely keep an eye on the G1. Uh, it's definitely a very interesting tournament. It's probably one of the very few tournaments that I would probably watch. I don't like tournaments for wrestling too much. There, are, there I am, back to normal negativity. Yeah, uh, no, no, I think it's it's also it's a league, not a tournament. Although, yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you make that distinction? I, I definitely do. I think a league creates a lot more exciting kind of matchups than a tournament does. Yeah, I mean, I can see how it works out. Like, you know, UFC uses a grade and ranking system, and that's pretty good. Like, yeah. if you're taking, like, legit sports, and you want to put that those sorts of elements in. And I think All Elite might do something similar to the G1 in terms of... Because they say it's a wrestling league. But anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Yeah, G1. We are G1. indeed. If you're, if you're if interested... Get last, 
if I could get a last ticket to Royal Quest, I will as well. Oh yeah, definitely do. I've I've got my tickets to Royal Quest August 31st. It's going to be probably a good show, and we're definitely not going to get Yoshihashi versus Zack Saber Jr. for the Brev Pro Championship. That's happening on some random Kazuna Road show. Thank God. Because uh, I really hate Yoshihashi. But if you, uh, listener, <laughs> are interested in the the G1, then keep uh, keep an eye on our podcast feed because I've managed to persuade them all to let me do a G1 preview slash how to watch it and still have time to like make dinner and eat and live your life and stuff. Um, so yeah, look out for that coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll probably just interview you essentially. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's basically yeah that's going to be the plan. I'll give you my top tips for not going mad with all the wrestling. Yeah, well, you know, just don't watch main roster WWE. That's why. Uh, I'm well, that too. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> save saves you five hours and just put it into G one instead. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining me on today's episode, Sam. Uh, coming up later in the week, uh, dear listener, we will have an interview with the B plus players, which Jason did. So check that out. I cannot wait for the episode personally, and that's that is not just self promotion, ladies and gents. But you know what is self promotion, Sam? Oh, here we go. I thought we'd done with this now. <laughs> we are. We are. But until <laughs> next but until next time, remember to subscribe if you like the podcast. Give us a five-star review where possible. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoot Pod. And that's the bottom line because over half stake said so. <laughs> Very good. Uh, where where the hell is the end record button? Where's the I, stop I, record button? Oh no! Just keep this in, Jason. Just keep this in. He's editing, by the way. Oh, it's it. fine. This is some bonus content. For bonus after. content. Yeah, bonus content. This is uh, like those uh, YouTube videos that are like, "What happened after the cameras went off at Double or Nothing?" And it's like just Cody yeah. Rhodes going, "You guys are the best," and the crowd going, "Yeah!" Oh yeah, yeah. That that was. Uh, so there you uh, go. Uh, so yeah. we'll do that too you you listeners yeah really we like it good keep keep listening like I, i'll be able to check the stats I, I definitely won't be able to check the stats if you listen at this point but yeah uh, <laughs> yeah this, this is like the after dark segment uh i will probably press stop recording in three two one done hey you if you like the podcast then remember to like the holy shoot wrestling podcast on facebook and follow us on twitter at holy shoot pod 